All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Creative Smelly Podcast. This is the motorcycle podcast about everything two wheels and beyond because we are getting into the year 2020 where we'll be flying all sorts of crazy stuff around. Do you, Chris, not Chris Wiggins, the other Chris, do you know what episode this is? It's the amazing 159. It is, and you're hired. Wiggins? Thank you. (laughs) Wiggins, you're still hired. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we have two Chris's on the on the, in studio tonight. One Chris via the telephonic magic that is the internet. No, that is uh, whatever cell phones work on. That would be, yeah, I guess I was going to say that would be the telephone. The but. mobile phone industry. And uh, we have another Chris in here who is brought to us by Speed Merchant, Field Initiative Knives, Icon, and... Uh, what was that bikini cream you were wearing the other day? <laughs> uh, whatever bikini cream he'll tell it, he'll divulge his secrets at the end. The other Chris is brought to us by what Nitrous Chris Mo- Motorsports, Doritos. Um, I don't think you're into Tim Hortons, but I know you tacos, do. Tacos, love- anything with yeah. hot sauce. Yeah, tacos, <laughs> hot sauce, chicken strips, and all that other great stuff. It's rare to yeah, find yeah. A, a fellow Midwesterner into hot sauce. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, usually for in the Midwest, hot sauce is ketchup <laughs> with a little bit of vinegar accidentally <laughs> sprinkled in. I'll tell you what, let's call this episode the hot sauce episode. Let's not talk about motorcycles. Let's talk about hot sauce. What's, uh, what's new in the hot sauce game guys? <laughs> oh, nothing. Okay. Well, I guess we should stick with motorcycles. <laughs> Welcome to the creative riding motorcycle podcast. Introducing your hosts. This is my dad, Junkie Toad Man. Co-host Chris, what else they need to know? All right, well, that's your bad mofo from uh, Indiana. For sure. I could ask my grandpa, he wouldn't remember. You get to, you get to do it. That's- I'm going to forget to talk like a pirate, and you're going to say that I lose. Listen. <laughs> All right, all right, everybody. This episode of Creative Writing might have some bad words. Don't believe me? Listen to this good mess. Shitty part is I can't fucking all these fucking hooligans. Fucking tree huggers. A shitty pickup. Son of two biscuits. Biscuits. What? Son of two biscuits? How could I even say that? Anyway, this is not for little ears. Uh, Let's get into the conversation on this shizzo. So, yeah, hey, I I hit up Chris this morning. Um... Because I saw that you and Michelle have been doing a bunch of stuff. You've been doing some sneaky squirrel stuff. I know we didn't really talk about this, but last year you made your – is it – can I can I say this? You made your last year as a Nitrous Chris? That's it, yeah. So can you clue us into what's happening this in 2019? Um, yeah, I'm doing the big conversion to finally go turbo with the bike after – you know, fighting with lots of nitrous mishaps over the years of trying to push the issue. Yeah. You know, and, you can, uh, you can blow yourself up with nitrous. I don't, I'd never heard of anybody blowing themselves up with the turbo. <laughs> it's a little bit harder to do, but it's possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. just, uh, I've had a lot of luck with the nitrous, but when you have bad luck, it's expensive. And, um, as fun as the violence of nitrous is when you launch a nitrous bike, um, I kind of just, got the mindset i just gotta i gotta step up and learn the stuff and kind of get with the program what what the really fast guys are doing and were you spraying off the line oh yeah dude he was spraying he was spraying before the line he was spraying in the burnout box and he would just keep it on (laughs) that's some old speedway shit dude they used to run nitrous in the fuel yeah basically when i'd launch the bike i just i'd pull the clutch in throttle goes all the way open and it goes on a two-step at about 6800 and then 
when the light goes green, I throw the lever away. That's it. Nitrous comes on and no. it progresses in. It comes on at about 40 horse as the clutch comes out. And then it would pro- progress up to about 100 by about two seconds into the run. Uh, I'm going to ask, is the reason you're going to turbo is because you got sick of having to go fast to learn like half a dang computer programming you know, suite before you could actually use that those maps and everything to do what you wanted it to do? Is it just the turbo is mostly all mechanical and it's a lot less, you know, you don't have to run different maps and this and that. And yeah. Would be a computer programmer, I guess what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. There's still quite a bit of that'll go with the turbo stuff, but with being a nitrous bike, you're constantly chasing the tune. I mean, it would take anytime I'd go to the track, it would take, you know, two or three passes to really dial in what it was going to do on nitrous. So, you know, hmm. the weather, the bottle pressure, the temperature, everything, everything changes how the bike is going to run. That's why I don't then, run nitrous on Spantla. That's why. Yeah. And it's <laughs> finicky. If you, if you miss it, just, you know, you're always trying to progress, push it and go a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And <laughs> push if, it if too you much and it, you have cranks on the ground. Dude, it doesn't take nothing but two degrees of timing and you're done. Yeah. Are you um, already converted to methanol? Not yet. I have to do a little bit of learning with that yet. I want to get the thing. Right now, the bike is still sitting in the trailer from October with the Hurt motor in it. Oh, I know how that is. And, well, dude, uh, yeah, he, we've been my we've RC doing a bunch of work on the back of my bike. truck from December. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, that's cool though. You usually tear but, stuff down in like a weekend, though. I mean, you're, you've rebuilt that thing so many times. Oh yeah, do it with your eyes closed. But this- yeah, we went to, a couple of years ago. Actually, I went to Illinois for a race, and uh, it was on a uh, let's say Saturday morning was qualifying. I hurt the transmission Saturday morning, like second round of qualifying. I drove back home to Wisconsin, pulled the motor, swapped trannies, drove back down Saturday. N- well, it was real early Sunday morning and made it back for our eliminations on Sunday. So I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's like the sport bikes that I've dealt with, and I don't know if all of our listeners know this, to swap the tranny on a Jigsaw 1000, you got to split the cases, right? So you'd have to I, pull the crank out, or is it a... Uh, it's a, it's actually the, it's a three-piece case. Okay. So if I flip the motor upside down, I only have to pull off the bottom half of the trans cases okay so so the crank and everything still stays intact so that actually makes it easier okay i don't i thought the old f3s were a little different but it's been they are yeah like okay like even like my old zx9 is the same way the trans center line is on the same center line as the crank yeah so if you split the cases you're actually getting into the mains of the crank and stuff yeah okay that's more common yeah i think the newer stuff they got better with the cassette trannies and stuff kind of coming out the side instead of uh, yeah they <laughs> they started whittling everything down the cases all got spindlier and lighter yeah well and not necessarily suzuki is bad but yamaha has had transmission problems anyway they need to at least figure out how to make them replaceable easy yeah the yamaha's are like a it's like a watch uh, yeah yeah they're well, it's funny because my – so I said that like my dad used to drag race and he used to work on bikes. And I remember he told me when I was a kid like, oh, Yamahas have always had transmission problems. And when they just redid the R1, had a transmission issue the first year that they had to fix. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, fucking 40 yeah, I years hearing later. That was a big recall. Yeah, yeah. I'm like 30 or 40 years later, they still have transmission problems. <laughs> hey – uh 
We haven't heard from Michelle. I wanted, I really wanted her to come back last year when she was uh, number two. Remember, she lost out by like half a second to Guy Bellinger, who has never made it back, if I remember correctly. And then this year, you guys went to like a whole different point system. Is that part of the reason why you're going turbo? I mean, I I, I see, I know the part of it's probably because you're ready for a change or whatever, but. is it because of cots? I mean, is there other stuff that you're going to be heading out to that you really wanted to take advantage of a change? And also, second part of that question, what the heck's going on with Michelle? How come she won't come back on and tell us her deepest, darkest <laughs> racing secrets? <laughs> um, okay, okay. First part, uh, going turbo is mostly got to do with I just want to go faster. Like, a lot of bikes in this area are all kind of, of sort of the same caliber. Everybody kind of runs a sort of the similar, a similar setup, same ETs. And, you know, certain people have a little bit of an advantage, but I want to go kind of to that next level. I want to go from being one of like a hundred bikes in the area to one of like, say 10. Yeah. To the that dude. On that yeah. level. Right. Well, I mean, it is like, the top 10, so you got yeah. to be in that. <laughs> Realistically, the the rebuild on this, the bike should make uh, probably around four fifty horse. Nice. Hey, we need to put a turbo on your uh, RC. (laughs) (laughs) Can you, if you like, cut the boost in half? I want to ride it. I don't think. Sure. I don't think full boost. (laughs) I I promise you, I could set that thing up to have you make a pass on it, completely safe, and have a blast. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd have a blast. I like, uh, so in my hometown in Indiana, we had nothing besides a drag strip. So, like, the first track I've ever been on, I had a bike for, I don't know, not even six months. And we started going yeah. to Friday fun nights on my CBR. Yeah. But it was cool because, um, after doing it a few times, I remember going home and I was like, Dad, Dad, check out my time and my speed. You know, I'm like, oh, I was running 100 mile an hour. That's amazing. And my old man being a drag racer is like, yeah, but your sixty foot time sucks, yeah. and I'm like, who <laughs> yeah, cares? Like, like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But it, it so it's cool because I like I learned about sixty foot and like why that's so important. And then he taught me like about keeping the RPMs up and slipping at clutch. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that helps me on my starts. Like, sure. And I can't tell you how often like I'm like the fat dude first one in the corner <laughs> sure so yeah it, it definitely although if you go to flat out friday for some reason i get horrible starts there so don't judge me on that one but we, we actually <laughs> get like quite a few like on just a regular like test and tune fun night mm-hmm. we actually get quite a few like road race guys will come down there for practice oh yeah yeah and and they they will come over and ask for advice like yeah you know hey what's you know what's the what's the trick to doing it you know and yeah i've helped out a few guys yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, for Speedway, for Supermoto, and, and for the hooligan stuff now, like, knowing how to use the clutch right has definitely helped me. And I've been able to help people, too, you know, and it, it's just cool to be like, oh, that, like, comes from the drag racing side of it. And it's, yeah, but it's it definitely helped, and it, it's fun to just, to, like, go do that stuff and get out. But it was just interesting, like, first thing he said was, yeah, but your 60-foot time sucks. And I was like... <laughs> Thanks, Dad. It's funny when you get people to go to the drag strip that maybe aren't necessarily interested in drag racing, but they'll go try it. And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's just it's just like getting on the freeway. You know, I just pin it and go wide open, whatever. By the time they make their second pass, they're looking at fractions of a second. where They can get better and they're totally into it. You know, uh, Junkie went with me. 
And it's been a year in November or last November we went out to uh there's like a motorcycle thing at a drag strip and I remember like making a pass looking at the time and it was like a 792 or 793 or something so my goal all yep. day was to break 79. Yeah. And it was just like but it was also cool to like stay consistent and stuff like that and I I finally broke it with one pass 7899. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, it funny how you can take so many things uh, into account on what it takes to make a pass yeah. and still run within thousands yeah. of a second. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. And it's funny cuz you like miss a shift and it's not really that much time. But then you do a run where you're like, damn, that was good. And you're like, no, that really wasn't that good. <laughs> I think oh, I had got plenty of them. Yeah. I don't remember if I was talking to you or Michelle or if this was just like a joke. I was going to do some like research on the physics of it, but like farting right when you take off to get like an extra little bit of boost. But, but yeah, it, it's crazy. You guys are, I mean, you guys are dialed. When I, when I see everybody in your group, and I know you guys don't like, show ets or whatever i mean you guys hide that stuff i don't know what's the deal with with that why it's a secret um i i don't either honestly i've never really been real secretive about any of my stuff yeah i'll I'll play games with people that like to be that way like yeah i i can play the game but because the the grudge racing it doesn't matter what the et is right it's just who wins right so it's not important but they try to hide it and be all sneaky because they don't want you to know if they're sandbagging is that like the strategy they're talking about yeah kind of the thing with the thing with grudge racing and having the clocks off is everything is about a hustle it's not necessarily about having the better rider or the better bike it's about negotiating the better race so the more you can lie basically the more you might sucker somebody into a money race with you. Oh, so it's so, more, um, it's not like a straight heads up. You guys actually will kind of debate and, and work in like a time difference in the light. Uh, well, at, well, the top 10 stuff that we do is heads up. Okay. Okay. But, um, a, a lot of the other races that we do, like we'll go to the local track here. Uh, they have RSD night, which is real street drags. Cool. And that, that you can, it's clocks off. And then you can negotiate anything you want from kind of like that show, know, that show pinks like lengths yeah, yeah. and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and stuff. so yeah. you can do stuff that way. With Spamla, I'd, I'd ask for twenty-one <laughs> lengths and uh, <laughs> but and only half a throttle. Lot of, a lot of the stuff I do, I would prefer the clocks are on because I know what it's like to sit in the stands and watch the races, and then yeah, be able to see the ETs and go, "Holy cow, that guy was flying!" Yeah. Or, and a mile an or hour won't necessarily tell you that. I don't know if they even show the miles an hour. No, nothing. No, yeah. my so some off. of my best times have been lower mile an hour, and some of the higher yeah. mile an hour yeah. were like not even that good a time. It's it's sure. weird. I, I and I haven't done it enough to kind of like tie the two together where I got the time with the higher mile an hour. But yeah, you, it, you know, I've been drag racing forever, and I still don't know the theory behind that. People have all kinds of ideas behind like. Your best ET will never come with your highest mile per hour, and yeah. when you got good mile per hour, it's usually yeah. you can you can you can have twenty miles per hour more on one pass with like a tenth of a second slower ET. Yeah, like I I don't understand the theory behind why that happens. I'm not. Yeah, and you there's would, a science or something I'm missing. Something, yeah, and, and you would think like if you got off the line a little better, and then you also had the good reaction time, and you kept, uh, you know, I guess for me like. I've always been on a sport bike or my dyno on a track. So like controlling the front wheel, which you guys still have to do too. You don't run wheelie bars, do you? 
No. Okay. So, well, for you, it's probably more controlling wheel spin. I didn't have that problem. But, <laughs> you know, it's like if you can control all that, you would think that at the end you would have the mile per hour too. Sure. It, it, yeah. it never seems to work out that way. It's My, weird. Yeah. The buddy I used to um, autocross and road race with um, started out drag racing first. And it was funny how many times we would watch the dudes with the lower mile per hour have the better ET. And, yeah. and it's, he's, he tried to explain to me, I don't know if vector is the right term, but it's like a physics thing where your acceleration per foot, blah, blah, blah. It's not necessarily a higher uh, mile per hour. It's whoever gets to their fastest. So maybe you spun and then you hooked real good and you launched and yeah. whatever, and you you got a faster mile per hour, but you didn't get to the you didn't make the distance first. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a whole weird science that yeah. I don't. I'd rather, you know, drink a whole tour tech pannier <laughs> full of piss than uh, I mean, try to I'll figure get, it out. I'll get weird mile per hour readings by just because the speed trap at the strip is actually like it's it's there's basically two eyes at the end of the track. It's just a distance that you cover in whatever amount of time. Yeah, and uh. I'll I'll get real weird mile per hour readings just by if all of a sudden I'll hit six gear and it spins a tire. All of a sudden I'll have a killer ET because the bike didn't really slow down or yeah. it didn't, uh, you know, hmm. it was still going quick, but it might have nosed over and lost like ten miles an hour. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Huh. But it, yeah, but it didn't like stop going forward momentum right. wise. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Because mile per hour dumps faster than ET will. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Now. Um, you sent me a text a minute ago or well, a few minutes ago. Um, this dude, friend of yours on, you got, you got drag racing friends all over the world nowadays. And, uh, yeah. this buddy of yours that has this, uh, turbocharged 690 Duke, right? Run- uh, it's one of the, it's one of the supermotos. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And it's running it's like SMR or whatever, the, whatever KTM's at supermoto street. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. And he's got, a. You know, he's running above 130 miles an hour in the quarter mile yeah. and uh, running nines in the quarter mile. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> On a single, <laughs> a turbocharged single. That's that's how big those singles are getting now with the, the drag racing. It's yeah. their, their own little world now. Right. And we had a little chat before we started recording about that. I, we've seen everything from like 250 two-stroke dirt bikes to, you know, I've seen KTMs out there. Um, you know, KTM makes some pretty good sized, uh, singles as well as, um, you know, Honda still makes a good, I don't know if people are racing the 650, but I mean, they still make a pretty good sized single. Uh, I think I've even seen some CRF 450s though, uh, stretched. Like they they look like a supermoto. They got stepped on by Godzilla because they're stretched out, but they still got like slicks on them. So yeah, the the Honda one is the most popular one that I see. Right. Mm. And so, so you see quite a few of these now then coming through. Yeah, the the trend hasn't made it up here yet, but I can't say I haven't looked at my DRZs. Kind of funny, <laughs> All right? <laughs> you know, Wisconsinese Wisco people are pretty practical, and uh, yeah, they'd rather go off roading than uh, turn a perfectly good bike into a drag bike. Oh, though well, I, wouldn't I, I have two. I have no problem wrecking one of them. Yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't put anything past you. I, I bet you're out there doing burnouts on your freaking mountain bike when you're uh, whenever you get the chance. <laughs> you know, anything. Yeah. Um, speaking of the weather and your DRZs, have you been riding it all this winter? Uh, I haven't had a chance. Um, I was gonna stud one of them up and go ride ice this winter, and. There's still some ice racing going on, but it this winter's been so mild that 
Hmm. I, my gut tells me I don't trust the ice. Yeah. There's been a lot of open water. There was people riding on one lake up here on a Saturday and we had a real warm Saturday night and it was windy by Sunday, the whole area where everybody was going onto the, onto the ice from the launch area was open water. Oh, you're kidding so it took, me. It, it took one day and the ice was gone. What the heck? Last time I wrote it, uh, the banking, uh, I think it was in Sinisippi or Sinsippi or something like that. The uh-huh. banking or the, like right up on the bank, it was like cracked and broken and through yeah. and you kind of had to hit it with some speed and like get over it, and then you were good. It was thick ice, but like right on the edge, it was definitely yeah. wet. It was yeah. sketchy. I, I know. Uh, just like like a couple hours north of here, it's been a little bit colder, more consistently. And I know Narissa's been up north a little bit, riding yeah. on the ice. Yeah, I just haven't been able to get to basically put a whole day aside to go ride ice. I've been just working on so much stuff. That yeah. yeah. Whenever you get on a bike, isn't that what you call studding it up? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, it's funny because it's been kind of weird here. It's been raining for God, the last week. I feel like it rained all day today and it's going to, and yeah. it's raining. It's a, actually supposed to rain all week. Yeah. Good. It's, it, it's not supposed to let up. Um, I know this is like they're, the most rain California's gotten 15 dude, years. They're evacuating. <laughs> so all the houses that got evacuated because of the fires, now evac- they're evacuating them because of mudslides. Mud oh, what a disaster. It happens yeah. every year, dude. It happens yeah, every it really year. does. Like That's what sucks. It does happen every year. Um, I, I need to like plot out where you guys live on a map so I can keep track because we get all that news here when the weather's getting real weird out there. Yeah. And I'm, I'll see something on the news. I'm like, I wonder where they are from there. We're pretty poor so um at least compared to those people compared to those people we're oh, real yeah. poor <laughs> but yeah the people that lost stuff over on malibu where so, their house yeah, cost like, 10 million dollars yeah, yeah we're not in a canyon or in any weird areas but um i think just like northeast la really la county you know what you're the mountain behind your house burned just a few years ago so you're kind of lucky yeah and i saw there was smoke on the one like right just at the end of the 605 yeah right there there was um Actually, even this year there was a little one, but it went out real quick. Yeah, I mean they. This, it's funny because it'll burn and then it'll be good for ten years, and nobody touches it, and then it'll yeah. get all dry because we have a drought and burn again, and then the well, mudslides kill everybody. Everyone's <laughs> like they cut a bunch of funding for forest management. Yeah, and and, and it's partially too like the fucking tree huggers as hippie as I can be sometimes. Like the fucking tree huggers, they <laughs> like these people. They're like, oh, don't cut down trees and don't burn forests. And I'm like, and then this you happens. Gotta, you gotta, <laughs> like you need yeah, to control the, burn and you need to pull that stuff out of there. Yeah. All it, that dead, all that dead stuff. Yeah. Or, or nature like, will do a controlled burn and they, your house is in the middle. Yeah. Of it. Here's what they need to do. They need to, at least for California, charge people to go off-roading and do trails through there and then use that money to yeah. pull out the deadfall and blah, blah, blah. All the dead cut yeah. down some stuff. Thin it out there's so, that there's so no- much money to be made in recreational ground yeah. i wish we had more of it here yeah. yeah i actually have a little news story i wanted to read about that that uh, i mean it's stuff that they need to start looking into and fires was one of the reasons they wanted to allow access to certain parts of it's back east but same sort of thing i mean the f- wildfires that are happening is part of the reason they want 
to give recreational mm-hmm. access to people because they know there's money to be yeah. made from that. Well, and those people and, will take care of it. You know, like I rode mountain bikes a lot for a long time. Now I ride them very little. But um, oh, like, they would have trail parties where people, you go. Yeah, yeah, people go in and maintain the trails and clear the brush and and do the kind of stuff. I was I was just gonna say everybody hates on the recreational use people. Like we're out to just destroy the ground and drive all over everything. Yeah, you don't you won't find people that care more about like the forest and the land yeah. than yeah. the people that want to use it. You know, it's funny. It's like hunters. And, I was just going to say, I don't want to get conservation. I don't want to go off it's, topic, but they they let people come and kill like a rhino, an endangered rhino. Well, every that's few actually years. I was speaking like local hunters, oh. like especially in the Midwest, like those like the populations do get out of control, but those people bring in funding and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, a step further, like the trophy hunting in Africa, they have, I actually literally just watched a Adam ruins everything on this today. Um, like they it's, it's that, something like 300 grand or some yeah, ridiculous they, amount of money to take one well, animal to call, yeah. to call and they usually call an older one. Well, yeah. So what they do is when they, when they pay for it and do it right, they're like, Oh, Hey, there's this old rhino over there. Who's a dick to all the other rhinos and he's not making babies <laughs> anymore. So we're going to let you kill him. And then they take that money and they build like sanctuaries and stuff for these animals. And the population of the white rhino went from like 10 to like three or 400 already in the last, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or whatever years since they've been doing it. Except sure. for that one that just went extinct. But we won't talk about I think that. that was the, I think that was the black rhino. <laughs> I didn't have any part of that, I yeah. swear. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously the poachers are still a problem, but it's. But it pay, hunt, one hunt can pay for like. 10 guards. Oh, yeah, like yeah. It does so yeah. much. And it, it's crazy because like all these like people are like, oh, it's so bad. And I'm like, I get why you think it's bad. But if you stop for a second and look at all the good it does, yeah. it's like, okay, maybe. Maybe we should start hunting yeah. motorcyclists. And with, no, all the, <laughs> with all the forests and stuff we have around here, that's kind of yeah unused. Like maybe there's hiking trails or something in our own, but there, there's forest everywhere that yeah. nobody's even gone into. Yeah, but If it, they were to develop some sort of small trail system, I would pay almost a limitless amount for like a seasonal pass to yeah. go ride that whenever I wanted to ride. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you guys don't have to worry about fires and stuff though, right? You just have to worry about getting caught for trespassing. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. You should go ride those things. Make your own, uh, set up a little <laughs> booth like a lemonade stand and when, just, just look confident and nobody will question it. <laughs> you know, if I had one of them fancy electric dual sports, I would. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. I know. That's the one thing I've been. I have dreams of this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I was. I've been thinking about poaching stuff on electric on electric uh, dirt bikes for a long time, and uh, I've never made it obviously happen. I don't own one, but every single time I used to sit back and think about how fun it would be to ride this old spot I used to know. But there's houses there, and if they hear you, oh god, yeah, yeah. oh dude. I, I've been out hiking a ton this winter, and. I just, I see trails all over. I'm like, you know, if I had an electric bike, I'd be back here. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to get, well, you know what? We'll talk about electrics. I'd love to talk about electrics. I'd love to have you on again sometime and talk all about electrics since you've, uh, you're so nitrous and turbo all the time. Sure. But, um, cause, cause you know, I, I feel like they're coming, but in the meantime, I want to take a, take a well, break for a second. And, you know, and they kind of started, um, the first place where electric motorcycles really took off was drag racing too, wasn't it? Oh, you're yeah. going to kill a cycle. Do you remember that thing? Yep. I just yeah. watched the video the other day of him running into in the, the side van. of a van. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> yep. That was a pretty that was a good selling point for electric. <laughs> no. That was a hella quick bike though. I it mean, was. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. They still have an electric in California for sure. They have an EV like club that it's like all homebrew and DIY motorcycles and cars. And they still do a lot of, they do a drag racing and an autocross to see if they can get them. And this is cool. all like crazy DIY stuff. Like yeah, that yeah. guy would have been good. Um, I, be I, cool. I want to take a step back real quick and, uh, tell you a little something that we're going to involve you in with right now. And it, uh, involves a question. I got these oh. really crappy cards for the holidays that are conversation pieces. And every episode since then, Wiggins and I have been pulling one out and asking each other these meaningful questions and trying to make them a little bit more meaningless. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'll ask your question to Wiggs. Um, your question, uh, pick left or right, and then I'll, give, I'll ask you the question on that card. This is me or Wiggs? Yeah, you. Left or right? Uh, left. Okay, Left. Which person do you admire most? And it does I don't mean me and wigs. I just mean like in the world. <laughs> oh, man. I was just thinking about this the other day. Someone I admire the most. Seems like you'd be pretty prepared to answer it. <laughs> you know what? Well, <laughs> I would probably, maybe you've recognized the name or not. Wigs might know the name, but Kent Stotts. Oh, is that Frankie Stotts' dad? It is. He is the sole reason that I even remotely had an eye for racing street bikes. And I uh, actually did a little bit of work on their pro street bike a couple of years ago. I made a part for it. But what he has done for like innovation and just just the knowledge he has, like that's I'd love to just like sit down and have conversations with that guy every night. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those guys that you know, like every single night. He, he, does he sit there quietly and then you pop a little question and he opens up and just starts telling you like all of his. Uh, you know, I didn't yeah, he, think <laughs> you'd uh, you'd love to walk around my work for a day and check out all the posters on the wall and the um, the wallies holding doors open and stuff. Oh, sure, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Rad. Uh, so Wiggins, Chris Singstein would like to ask you something. Sure. What new habit would you like to form? Hey, let me ask this like oh, you, Chris. Can, do habit? you mind? Let me try to do this. Hey, what new hobbit would you like to form? <laughs> <laughs> Was that good? Was that pretty good? That sounded uh, very like Scottish. We don't use the word. We don't use the letter T up here. Everything T up here. Everything is a D. The dem and there. Hey, what new hobbit would you like to form there? <laughs> There you go. That was a little more Canadian, but that's close to Wisconsin. <laughs> what new habit would I like to form? Habit, I said. Habit. Oh. Uh, I'd like to just be neater and more organized. Sweet. But I don't, I'm not working, or do you guys say not sweet? working very hard to do that. Sweet. <laughs> my oh, wife, right on, my, yeah, right on. My wife would also like it if I formed that habit. Yeah. Hey, and when I moved in here, I, I swear I was going to like have an empty shelf. I might I might empty one of these. Or I might just buy you one for being an awesome co-host. And uh, we actually had a uh, we actually did an episode. What do I need a shelf for? Organize that garage of yours. <laughs> I, I looked in there before. I know. <laughs> Put it, it all on your shelf. I know what it looks like. Um, we did. We actually did an episode on that. Remember, like getting your garage in order. And oh then yeah. That's I never use ours as an example, but Singstein <laughs> happened to email me a few pictures of his, and I was like, I want to use this one when I finally make that post <laughs> because his his little work area is pretty legit. <laughs> All right, oh, what man. question you got for me? What is something you've done today that you're proud of? Oh, God. That deuce I took earlier was pretty I knew that spot. was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, and I taught my kids how to play a video game today. So I'm proud of that. 
I just read this rad meme that said, why don't kids ever go outside anymore like we used to? And it was like, because you won't let them go out. You know, you won't let them go outside. Parents aren't allowed to let kids under 10 go outside You're anymore. not, yeah. You can't <laughs> let them go outside. You can't. Dude, I remember, I don't even know how. Like, my mom's voice had to be amazing. Oh, but God. But I remember, like. To travel that three miles down to the yeah, where you were hiking? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just. I remember like hearing her voice when I was like uh, 10 miles away or something. Yeah. You know what Dude. I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, time to go home for dinner. My daughter is in third grade. And when it, when I was in third grade, well, let me see, not third grade, but fourth grade. So one whole year later, I was doing like five mile hikes up this mountain, rattlesnake infested mountain where cougars had been spotted and this and that. And I could still hear my grandma yell. And it, I'm not kidding that it was two or three miles. We could see the house, but there's no way, yeah. you know, we could still hear that raunchy come get your clubman's pickles <laughs> we, we'd run down the hill three miles to go get them but no it's yeah moms and grandmas do have some sort of weird vocal thing it's crazy it's like an elephant you can hear it 10 miles away ride bicycles all, yeah. like a duck's all quack. over the place man. there you go like a duck's quack in an elevator it just keeps echoing around um <laughs> yeah man i uh those are my dumb questions for the for the week and uh thank you for sticking around to answer those with this but um i guess you're not going to give us the scoop on michelle i saw you guys putting together her her busa was she sad to learn that the busas are aren't going to be made anymore <laughs> ah she don't care yeah. she got hers i didn't think so <laughs> she, she don't care about much except for crossfit and went kicking butt at the drag strip <laughs> dude <laughs> we uh we just got done putting the motor back together on her bike because uh, the last race last year actually knocked a rod bearing out of it Ooh. And it yeah, wrecked the rod and wrecked the crank, actually. That's also a common problem on Suzuki's. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've it's had it's a common problem problems. for Michelle, the way she rides. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> guys are, my bike. you guys are doing a little extra work to him, too. So Yeah. She did that but, same thing to your bike? Yeah, like, I don't know. She was riding my bike for a season, like, maybe four or five years ago. Before she had her Busa, I had her on my bike for a while, and I was just kind of tuning and stuff. And, uh... I got her making some pretty quick passes on it, and it wasn't her fault, but I blame her for it all the time. She came back on the return road. She goes, your bike sounds like a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I have her start it, and I, kind of, I give her a little throttle, and you can hear a rod was just yeah. singing. Uh, I'm going to make her a shirt that says, I'm hard on rods. That reminds me. Oh. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, is it Angelia or Angela? What's her name? Angel. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. Uh, got Angel. picked up by VH for part of the season. Angel yes. Sampy. Yeah. They're going to, I don't know how many uh, pro stock bikes are. So or, hot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many other riders are left that aren't on, on VH. Well, that's, that puts three of them out there now. Yeah. And then they got a top fuel bike again this year. Is Eddie Crowich or however you said that guy's I think name it's is? Crowich. Is he a VH guy? Yeah. Is he? Cool. He's actually like, whenever I need something from Indy, he's like the only person to call. Yeah. <laughs> they I've did. never talked to Eddie, but I heard he's just like the nicest dude. I've, yeah. I mean, I, I was always in like a special situation with him where like when I actually met him, it was. Harley had us someplace together with him. And then I was like talking to him like, oh yeah, I work at the Santa Fe Springs location and stuff. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, if you never need some, give me a call. Like he helped me out with my uh, XG that I've never ridden. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like board the throttle body and they like poured it and polished the heads or something. But yeah. yeah, dude, he's always been super cool. And what I respect about him is like, he had to cut his teeth, you know, like he, sure. 
he was a old school drag racer and just was good and, you know, got that gig. But yeah, so it's cool to see, you know, and what the bummer was, was the event we were at Harley put us on all their new Milwaukee eight baggers when they came out, it was before the soft tail was like three years ago. Um, and then like all the hooligans flew in for a race. Right. And so all of our bikes are up there. And so they're like, Oh, come by. And, uh, we're going to take you guys down to the great lakes drag strip on the new bikes and you can make passes. Mm. We're like fucking re- And me, I'm like, I'm going to smoke all these fucking hooligans. Like <laughs> uh, I'm totally blowing the whole That's PG okay. idea. But, um, and then we go down there and it was raining and we couldn't make passes. Uh, and I was so bummed because Eddie and Andrew were there and I was like, I just want to compare like reaction and 60 foot and everything with those guys, especially someone <laughs> like Eddie. Cause I mean, I'm, I know Andrew can ride, but I read a, um, chapter in a history book like a drag racing history book where byron won a uh, race and got off the bike and was like well anyone can win on this that's funny sure. i thought i thought i was the only person that was still alive that was in a history book <laughs> <laughs> but i was so bummed like we're at a drag strip brand new harleys with eddie and andrew and harley wanted us to go down the yeah. drag strip and it was raining it's like oh man. man so you actually have been on the great lakes dragway property then uh i actually did Man, probably 2004, um, there was a stunt show there we went up for well, right from on. Indiana. But yeah, um, yeah, we did that like three years ago. And it was cool because I'd, I'd been there, so I like recognized it. And uh, it was funny. I was talking yeah. to the like the track guy. He's like, oh, I remember having that up here. Right. It yeah, was that, like raining on us and we couldn't make passes. That, that track's like 40 minutes from my front door. That's where yeah. we go like three nights a week. Is that one a quarter or eighth? Quarter mile. Okay. It's a long now. Is yeah, it is it raining right now? I mean, are you guys are you guys in race weather? You guys aren't in race. It's February. It's like barely yeah. January. You guys aren't. Yeah, that's guys why are, when I'm going there next month, it's indoor. Yeah, it's got to be snow in there, right? No snow here yet. We oh. Illinois just south of us. Illinois got nailed, but yeah, Indiana um, we got nailed. We haven't too. had like almost any snow this winter, huh? My uh, it's been really mild. And my uh, mom just sent me photos of like five or six inches in Indiana, in southern yeah, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana too. got it pretty good. Yeah. Snow, I hope. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> hey, the, uh, I had to make a, a bad dad joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm surprised because we're getting hammered. <laughs> I spent all we're getting a lot of rain, but yeah. I think it'll. I mean, it'll probably eventually get that way, but yeah, say so your rain ends the snow here. Okay, yeah. okay, but it takes a couple days to get there. Just yeah. like the mail. What do you know? For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clobman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clobman Pickle in your face. Clobman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Uh, <laughs> by the way, tell Michelle I have something coming for you and her. I'm going to make you guys something special. I'm going to make her a shirt. Don't tell her what it's going to say, but you know, you know what I'm right making. Hard <laughs> <laughs> on rods. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm I'm really excited. I know you guys only get like four or five months i i say that kidding but it sounds like you guys have been riding i saw you were riding just the other day right me yeah was that um, you 
It was like 50 degrees or something. No, yeah, 30. Pro- it was about, 30? Yeah, probably about two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. I something can't believe like that. you were riding two weeks ago. Yeah. Man. I I remember... The coldest, I, the coldest I've ever ridden in, and it was actually on the race bike. It was minus 15. It was like two Decembers ago. What were you doing out at minus 15? And see if I could do it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make one Literally, pass. I, I'm like, it was, it was dry. We had no snow. Mm-hmm. And it had rained a bunch, so there was no salt on the roads. Oh, rad. And then it just got a real deep cold spell set in, and I just had the itch. I'm like, you know what? I have all this good winter riding gear. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go for a ride around town. Yeah. Well, and, and then I, I took a picture by one of those digital bank clock thermometers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't they run good with cold air, too? Yeah. Oh. Ooh, it ran real crisp. They're just so crispy. Yeah. yeah. I remember my CBR back home, like when it'd cool off at night, that thing would just wake up. Yeah. It was so good. I know. I, yeah. I always used to love riding to work in the mornings. And then <laughs> when I used to work in an office and then, yeah, in the middle of summer coming home, you're like, why can't it just be, you know, 40 degrees every morning? But, um, right. but man, I'm pretty, I'm kind of happy that you guys are riding. I, we, I love to make jokes about how you have four months of a riding season, if that, but gosh, it's been uh, yeah, if, if, pretty mild sounding. Yeah. If I'm not busy, I I can still get at my super duke. I mean, it's not stuffed away in a corner somewhere. I can get that thing out in a heartbeat. Yeah. What have you been busy doing? Like, what have you been up to? Just bike stuff? Yeah, literally we, we've been pounding away on Michelle's bike and uh, I've been working a ton and her being a teacher, she's tutoring now after work. So she's gone. She's putting in like 15, 16 hour days, I swear. Yeah, my wife does that once in a while too. It's like tutoring's real good. It's hard for teachers yeah. to pass up that uh, mm-hmm. tutor money. So, yeah. But man, I can't believe it. And is she working close though to home now? Like a little bit closer? She's not down in Illinois anymore, is she? No, she's not in Illinois, but she's still, she works out in a town west of here about 40, 45 minutes. Oh, good grief. So she's still got a heck of a commute. Yeah. Don't you know? Yeah, she, she gets up at about four thirty in the morning and doesn't go to bed till about eleven. <laughs> it sounds like me, <laughs> and I only do it just because I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't even have anything important to do, man. So that explains why she hasn't returned any of my calls and every picture that I see her, and she's just got these red, saggy eyes. Uh, she actually just doesn't like you, but uh, yo, you can believe that. That too. I was wondering <laughs> no. if it was that too. I no, really I'm started kidding. to wonder about the eighth time when, <laughs> when she said, I'm washing my hair again. <laughs> no, nah, that was a bad joke. She doesn't hate you. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Nice cover. <laughs> nah, just with her with her working like the weird long hours and she she is in on the stuff that we do to her bike. So I'm not, I can't just like go out there and be like, Hey, surprise! I just put in six hours of work on your bike, and this is what I did. Yeah, yeah. So when we get a free Saturday, we go try to do as much as we can. Is she trying to get you to get all healthy and run around and do all that crazy stuff that she likes to do too? Yeah, once in a while. <sighs> I ran a five k with her a few months ago. Dude, what what type of friend is that? <laughs> trying to get you all healthy and run? Not not a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, come on, man, we're this will be a great time. And then <laughs> she better be careful because pounds are pounds are horsepowers. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. You're gonna be uh <laughs> down ten pounds what? at the track this year. That's trouble. But she always gives me crap because well, you know, last year my thyroid was all screwed up, so I was all full of water and fat. And uh so once I kind of started getting healthy again, I dropped a bunch of weight like really fast. So now I take this thyroid pill. Well, she makes fun of me and calls it my diet pill, and she keeps trying to steal them. 
<laughs> nice. She's like, you don't need those. Yeah. I'll take them though. <laughs> Are you sure the doctor just trying not to get money out of you? Yeah. I'm yeah. Right. For you. What a friend. Yeah, man. I'm ex- I'm excited and uh, just seeing if you. If anybody out there wants to go to Facebook and look at his uh, Chris, Nit- is it Nitrous Chris still? I forget Nitrous Chris on Facebook, uh, right? Uh, on Facebook, it's just my name, Chris uh, Singsheim. Okay, Chris Singsheim. Look for the, you know, I I just ripped this bike apart in twenty minutes and then put it back together in <laughs> in a half a you know half that time and uh, at the same time swapped out some forks and did this and, that, and I was like, I'm reading this whole thing of what you did and I'm going man like should be stoked with that this coming year you guys dropped some Grom forks or something on there right you dropped some little forks on that thing yeah we did a whole we went from all the stock Busa front end stuff to a 05 1k front end with a small CBR 16 inch front wheel yeah and is that the old 900 was, front wheel that's it yeah. and uh I started weighing parts individually, and at one point I just gave up because we were getting more work done, and I wanted to like stop to take pictures of the scale and all that. <laughs> but uh, I bet we easily took eight pounds off the front end of that bike. Nice. Which, That's... I mean, it, sound, it sounds bad that we just took weight off the front of the bike where you want it, but in the grand scheme of things, if you make everything lighter, you can put the weight you do have where you need it. Right. Yeah, so and no. especially the front wheels rotating and, and yeah. weight's still weight too. So you can yep. put some chicken strips in that belly and just lean over the front a little bit harder, you know. I still we, love uh, the radial mount calipers like flipped around yeah, to the front. To get the weight <laughs> over you know the front, yeah. So you you did see that picture that I posted of her front end? Yeah. Did yeah. you catch that there's a fender on there? Yeah, yeah. You know how many people ask me how to do that front fender on because a lot of people flip the forks now. So it's kind of like a trend almost. Yeah. But you know how many people ask me how the hell they got a, I got a front fender on that thing? How many? Do you just have it on backwards or what? Well, no, because there's, there's no mounts on the – because the forks are literally flipped left to right and then turned yeah. around. Oh, okay. And so when you do that, all the fender mounts are actually on the back side of the fork. It would be yeah, like yeah. pointing up sort of in the back. Yeah. yeah. So I basically – I made front, brackets huh? that go to existing holes on what would be the old – now current front side of the fork and then you have to trim the fender to go around the caliper yeah because you know how the fenders normally they uh, they yeah. kind of cover up the lower fork leg yeah. yeah yeah so yeah you have to trim all that out to fit around the caliper to get it in and out of there yeah dude you all, all, all it is is just a little extra work but nobody can figure out how i did it <laughs> yeah some fab fab it's skills like right there a dremel tool and a couple brackets yeah and a couple you uh, nailed it that's and, it and a bunch of time and a bunch of milwaukee's yeah. best and, and some sharpies to there's so many people look at some of the stuff i do like it's just from another planet when all it is is like anything can be modified just yeah. sit down and do it yeah just tinker <laughs> well you know you got a lot of comments on your truck exhausts and you got a lot of comments like every little every little thing you yeah. do. people will see your battery bracket and i'll I'll just see like 85 comments underneath and i'm like wow that's an impressive battery bracket but i guess but you know <laughs> in the scheme of things it is <laughs> it's funny i've seen a trend in the last few years kind of from around the time the hooligan stuff started but not totally just hooligan bike stuff either but like going to like basically chopper shows you know custom harley shows and how um common lately i've been seeing um race bikes and custom bikes that are so inspired by race bikes sure um, and you know some guys have been doing it like church's choppers has been doing a lot of that stuff for a long time but it's become so much more popular 
And I think it's because, you know, like you're a perfect example and the stuff I do on my hooligan bike, like, I don't know. I think custom, when you customize something, you're limited by, I don't know, you're thinking about it. And when you're racing, you don't think about it. It's purely right. function. This is going to yes. help what I'm doing and this is why. So I'm going to do it that way. And then people are like, oh, that's so cool. And you're like, yeah, well, it made it ride better. It makes it go faster. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's crazy. You know, I mean, it. I run super wonky ass foot, pay, foot controls, but it feels good on the track and you only turn one direction for me. So it's like, oh, that works. Yeah. And it, it all it, comes out of from necessity. Yeah. And I, I, so it's cool and it's just neat to like see that trend happening, you know, and it, yeah. to grow up around racing for me, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You guys are just picking up on it. Yeah. But like a lot of people look at stuff and they get overwhelmed because they, they only see the end result they want. They don't know how to get to it. Yeah. When it's like, don't worry about the end result. Start. Yeah. Solve each problem. As you get to it and it'll get done, you'll make, you'll make it. Well, and that's, I think racing does that to you anyway, because you know, you're gonna, you're gonna go out to the track on a pretty stock bike and you're gonna make some passes or do some laps and you're going to come in and you're going to be like, Oh man, I could improve that thing. (laughs) And then you're going to go back and do it again. And it's just that process repeats and repeats and repeats until you end up with that in process. And again, like you're a good example they're never or an end product. You, there never is an end product. Like you no. yourself are switching from nitrous to turbo. So it's like you're, you know, that it's always continuous. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like people see this thing. One, they see it as done and it's never done. And yeah. and two, they see like all this stuff and you're like, you never treated it that way. You're just like, well, I, I did this and then I thought that that would be good later. And then so it's just a, you're right, like it's, just start and do it. It's seven years of about 10,000 individual products. Yeah. <laughs> Good way of putting it. When when you're done, I mean, are, are you going to be done with this bike? Are you just going to keep this bike? Because you have Cheap Trick, right? Yep. And then you do you have any other ones that I'm not thinking of? No, I'm just thinking of Michelle's one that I see in your garage once in a while. I have uh, I got a 99ZX9. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about it. That's, yeah. one I'm, that's one I'm missing. My, my collector item. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, when's the last time you rode that thing? Um, I had it out a handful of times last year. Are, are you of- into the um, – and again, like this is the kind of the era that I remember. And then as I got into motorcycles, these people would come by my house and like I ended up like working on a guy's bike for him because my dad used to work on his bike. But I really got into the um, – it was like these 80s, 70s and 80s like Cowies and jigs or, or uh, GSS 1200s. But they were stretched with rigid struts yeah, and just like super rad like old school drag bikes. And sure. like I don't know why but I like fell in love with that style. And these dudes would like ride around town, super long chains, rigid struts. Yeah. But it was cool. They'd all come by. And they just like stop randomly and they're like, oh, yeah, your dad used to work on my stuff. And then I ended up like fixing something on a guy's bike, but I I never got like super in depth. I was like, I work on my own and that's about it. So you uh, because you said like that 99, like being a collector is like, is it anything uh, like a bike? you Is there like an old bike you would want to have like that drag racing style or – is there like an old bike and you're like, you don't want a drag racing style. You want something different. <laughs> uh, if I had to go back, 
I would probably at one point I had a 92 GSXR 1100 air cooled mm-hmm. or oil cooler they called them. Um, I ended up selling that one, but I would probably as far as old bikes go, I would like to have that one back. Yeah, just because it's something you had that that style of bike because that was kind of that was right around the era that I really started getting into like watching the street bike drag yeah, racing. Yeah. And that that body style was just iconic with the mm-hmm. the glassed in side by side headlights and yeah. That's so, I was gonna ask which one was that, but okay, yeah, I know which one. Yeah, that that was a pretty and awesome looking bike. Similar for like when I, I personally got into it, I had a ninety five nine hundred RR. Yeah, um, but when I was a little kid, like my dad always drag raced uh, CBX. Yep. So like that, like late seventies, early eighties style. I really dug the like naked bikes and the air cooled sure. bikes. Um, his was wider than most, but uh, <laughs> so I like super dig that style. <laughs> the yeah. first, the first like purpose built drag bike I ever had, uh, I built the eighty three GS eleven hundred E. Nice. What was the E and, on it? Was what was just, that? What was the E designation? Was that just this the naked one? Yeah, that was just the naked one, and then they had the ES, which had like a little like bikini fairing square yeah. headlight in the front. Okay. I was gonna say my buddy had a 750E, and yeah, it was just kind of like the the round headlight and no yeah, fairing. round headlight. His yeah. had a square headlight, but yeah, same. Like no little bikini fairing. Yeah, no yeah, fairing. Okay. What year was it? His was like a 80, I want to say 83 or something. Because 80, 83, well, see, I don't know the 750, so I don't want to talk out of my league here, so. Yeah, it had a gross looking like front, like cowl thing. It didn't have the bikini fairing, but it did have like a cowl around the headlight. And Mm, I'm pretty sure the headlight was just a square, but it kind of looked like an Eddie Lawson, except the rear end was kind of gross. It didn't have that rad like Eddie Lawson, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like the, um, you know how like they had like a lot of the super bikes had a, not a bobbed rear fender, but almost like a spoiler on the back. This yeah, had yeah, like yeah. the gross, like yeah, like VF- the CB seven fifty F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the Hondas, the CBX had a kind of a little fairing on yeah. or a little a little spoiler around it too. This had a gross like reverse chop one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was not the cool. Like oh. it, it was never as cool as the eleven hundred. The that's Katana what, had like the reverse slash yeah. one for a while. That's why they. I don't think these were like as revered as the 1100s yeah and i remember so when my my dad always had honda so i also remember the 1100f he had an 83 1100f so it had that cool little like cowling with the rectangle headlight that was similar to the eddie lawson setup which was also funny to me that the different brands had such similar styling to their bikes at that time dude i you get back into like the early 80s i'm I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I'll get them. I'll get it wrong almost every time. <laughs> yeah, telling them apart. Yeah, they all look. Yeah. I'm like, but that would. That that's why it looks just like. That's that why one, they but... called them UJMs. They were literally yeah. universal. You know, nice, nice GPZ. It's yeah. a Honda yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so you guys starting this year? Are you guys changing up anything on the WIR top ten list? Um, the rules. I know that you guys aren't doing so much like a senior and stock wheelbase list anymore, and you guys are kind of going away. Are you guys going to kind of carry over what you did with this year? Because I yeah, uh, I, I think uh, the only thing we're considering changes or changing is uh, not racing the same person twice in one night. Okay, because the the first or last year actually. We had it so you just couldn't race the same person two times in a row. Right. Okay. Right. But now we're doing it. You know, you can't do it same person twice in a night. And 
we're going to keep the rest of the rules the same to try to get the turnout to come back up because that's kind of been struggling. So the fewer rules, the better. Yeah, I I saw a lot of people questioning that too, and a lot of people were asking advice and saying that they were they seemed kind of intimidated by rules that uh, even if they're simple to you and they were simple to me and that's mm. says something right there. Cause I'm a total idiot, but they were just still like a little intimidated by it. And it just seemed like they didn't want to get it wrong or something like that. So yeah, I think yeah. it's cool. Having less rules is uh, probably the better way to go. It's, it's totally a double edged sword though, because a lot of the slower ish stocker ish bikes, they would prefer to have a class of similar bikes. Right. But there's not enough of them. We can't have a bunch of like two bike classes. Yeah. Right. So we have to have it, you know, basically in all run, just bring your bike and then go from there. And hopefully people just get the bug to try to make their stuff faster. But when you, because of the area that that track is in and (laughs) we're trying to get locals to come out, it's, I mean, it's sort of rural, but there's just not a lot of motorcycle racers in general. Right. And it's, so, I would think a lot of the motorcycle riders in general in that area aren't um, sport bike riders. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you got that. It's a, it's a heavily populated Harley Davidson area for sure. So, yeah. You know, it's, I remember, and I think it kind of went away. NHRA never did anything with it. I think it was AHRA. They had that super street class, which I, is mm-hmm. basically what you guys are doing, right? It's, that was like yeah, a very- DOT tire, no wheelie bar, had to have running lights. Actually, when I was at that track for a stunt show, a guy had one of those bikes and I was talking to him about it. I think sure. he had like little tiny headlight and taillight because you had to have something, but yeah, it was a yeah, they so many of them classes now, like street bike, you know, air quotes, street bike classes. Um, they've gotten so out of hand with their rules as far as it's almost down to like only allowing bikes of certain colors. Yeah, and that's like a shame. Like that class to me, you know, as the hooligan stuff started to grow, I actually that was one of the things I took a lot of inspiration from was the rule and again, like I wasn't a big drag racer, but it was like those the basic rules that that thing had because it was to my knowledge anyway, there wasn't really a motor rule. It Ooh. was a tire rule, I think a swing arm length rule or a bike length rule, um, you know, no wheelie bar. So you had to ride the motorcycle and you could have 500 horse, but if you couldn't get it to the ground, it didn't matter. Right. So it, it, you know, it, it made one, it made to me drag racing a lot more of a rider's race, you know, not just a horsepower game. Um, sure. You know, seeing, uh, not really the current or like the building I'm in, but seeing, you know, the pro stock bikes, it's like they have traction all the way down the track. So horsepower is going to win races, you know, for the most part. So, you know, and I, does your bike ever actually hook up for a whole quarter mile or does it just smoke the tire pretty well the whole way? (laughs) It's it's kind of a roll of the dice calculated wheel spin. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought was, it was like a calculated wheel spin thing. I remember, and again, it's like magazine articles and stories, but, uh, for a while there was a guy on a Honda that was doing really well and it, like I think they, he said, like his ideal was like thirty percent wheel spin yeah. <laughs> at the end of the end of the quarter. So it's like he's yeah. spinning the whole thing, and it's like you're just basically gearing it and setting it up to be the amount of wheel spin that is best. It's like the most allowable spin was still having forward drive. Yeah. 
So it's kind of cool. I mean, that to me, that's like awesome. Like, and I'm definitely guilty of like, oh, it's just drag racing. And I, I get that there's a lot more to it, especially in that first 60 foot. But, you know, when you go to ET, you know, I, I would see guys back home like build this really fast car and then get beat all the time. And then a really yeah. slow car that was consistent would win. And I'm sure. like, well, why are you building a fast car? Build a consistent car. And no one gets that. And I get it too with racing. It's not, I don't want to go out and be consistent. I want to go out and be fast. <laughs> right. So, you know, what you're doing, like, yes, obviously consistency is still important, but you've got a pretty aggressive motorcycle under you that you got to ride. So it's mm-hmm. just because you're not turning doesn't mean that you're not, you know, controlling that thing and it, it you know, being able to get out of hand pretty quick. So sure. it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked, you know, when I like came on the show and talking to Larry about it, I was like, awesome. Like these guys are doing the motorcycle drag racing that to me is rad. You know, it's, I don't know. I feel like so many local tracks, it's dumbed down and it's ET and it's consistent. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm They're, not in it enough to be like, is that good or bad for drag racing? But then to see what you guys are doing, I'm like, Oh sweet. You know, that's like, well, I was telling you like how I launched the bike, how I basically, you know, grip the clutch, put it on the two step, and then when it goes green, I just throw the lever away. Mm-hmm. People think that's like super easy to do. Yeah, and and for the most part, if it's set up right and everything goes well, yeah, it's pretty easy and it's goddamn a lot of fun. Uh huh. But <laughs> excuse me. Um, we were at a race in Cordova last year, early in the year, and I was just trying to get the clutch and stuff figured out and. It was a no prep race, so the track was going to be questionable. But what happened was, uh, threw the lever away when it went green, and the tire spun. But what happened when it spun is that the clutch locked up, and the RPMs came up into the window where it turned the nitrous on. Oh! So not only did the clutch lock up, the tire spun, the nitrous came on, and then the tire hooked about 20 feet out. Is that the one where you did that nice little wheelie? (laughs) <laughs> yeah where my feet are hanging off and the bike's yeah. like straight up and down yeah that that's the closest i've ever come to actually looping a drag bike well then and that was it's nuts because like you're doing a wheelie but like usually a wheelie the front wheel's like five feet off the ground but if you've got a mm. big swing arm on there like, <laughs> you're a lot further up in the air the <laughs> it's like falling off an eight foot ladder yeah, yeah. It and it, I saw you come down off that it did not look very smooth <laughs> it was like no good. and i tr- dude it it, you know, it rattled my head pretty good. It actually, I my head went forward. I broke the windscreen. Yeah, but what about the I family tr- jewels, man? Like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot going on there. I got to worry <laughs> okay, about. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and but it's, no, like I, I tried getting back in the throttle, like trying to think quick that it's coming down in a hurry. Like I tried to gas it, yeah. and yeah, you know, I, I, it didn't come down any softer. Yeah. yeah. But not, that's the stuff that crap happens. Yeah. I can't predict that. Not to mention you've pretty well slammed the front end. And there's not much front suspension left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that whole inch and a half of travel that you have there really yeah. didn't do much. It broke the fender, broke the windscreen, oh, broke part of the tail section. It was uh, interesting listening to Michelle talk about her off into the tree, you know, and taking out the tree on her first pass or whatever. And I was like, oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, under 600. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is when when things go sideways, they go sideways quick. Yeah. Man. Well, hey, I know it's got to be midnight and a half where you are, right? Is it uh, is it getting late? Yeah. yeah are you, you, guys, yeah, about midnight. you gonna ditch work tomorrow? 
Nah, boss is gone all week, so I got to go in and act, act like I'm getting something done before he comes back. Son of two biscuits. Well, hey, take our advice from last week. Move your hands a lot and uh, <laughs> make it look like you're uh, drink a lot of coffee and just make it look like you're working faster, even when you're just standing still. It's worked so far. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, 17 (laughs) years at the job and a gold watch, and it hasn't turned me down yet. Yeah, we've we've had you on the horn for a little bit, man. I feel bad because we had our last guest on for a little bit, too. So, (laughs) yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Good. Hey, next time, uh, next time, bring. You know, it, you might have to borderline kidnap Michelle. I don't know if it's kidnapping if it's your best friend and neighbor, but um, you might have to bring her over so we can talk to her a little bit about it. It might give her a break from the daily grind of being a teacher too. So just tell her yeah. if she needs a break, call us up, call old Creative Writing up. We'll, uh, I'd love to talk to her about what's been going on too. So and if you guys sure. are, if you guys are bored and want to watch motorcycles go in a circle, there's a fun race in, in February. I'll be out at yeah. That's what I hear. All the all the hip kids are going. Ah oh, man, there's definitely a lot of hipster kids. Does that mean Goldmeyer's going to be up there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hipster kids. Oh, damn, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 there's a both. There's both. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a interesting to see a 400 pound bike and a 220 pound guy on a track inside of a yeah. basketball Russian arena. circus. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But <laughs> we'll go for it. It's fun. Yeah, and then no, hey, it looks like a blast. And yeah. this uh, and this uh, summer coming up, or I guess maybe spring, they're kind of trying to schedule it different. Maybe uh, maybe we can meet in Pikes Peak, like we kind of you know we mapped it out last year, and that's about where halfway oh, is for both of us. Yeah, yeah, I think we figured it out to within like twenty five miles or something yeah. like that either way. It'd be a good. Uh, it'd be a good. Yeah. That'd be a good get, you know, for the letter P. <laughs> sure. Can Junkie take? Uh, man, I wonder if he could make the races and do Pikes Peak on Spamla. Dude, that would yeah. That'd be that's like a pipe dream of mine. Oh, I, yeah. Just an exhibition class. Just let me go up on Spamla. I, uh, <laughs> I was trying to get Harley to like give me a soft tail to go do it, and uh, or a, a, even a Sportster Roadster, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, what kind of budget?" And we're like, when we started like running some numbers, and we're like, I don't know, a couple bikes and forty grand. <laughs> They're like, oh. we're just like, dude, Pikes Peak is a big endeavor. That's what it costs to go racing. Yeah. Well, and you're just yeah. a friend of mine's done it on Supermoto. When I was racing Supermoto, I wanted to go do it. It's now it's like I just want to go do it because yeah. why not? Like it's Pikes Peak. It's, like, it's amazing. Yeah. If we could do it for less than that, I'd be stoked because uh, it'd be fun. Yeah. It's crazy to think that there's ice at the top and. And I think electric is going to be bottom. changing the game too. Yeah, obviously yeah. we have with the cars. You know the. I was just thinking that I don't know how Spamla would be at the top. She'd be like choking on gas It'd at be the like top a, and like, like a one fifty and lean. You'd <laughs> be the pushing bottom. it. Yeah. yeah, just lean at the bottom. What's crazy? Like it's never really affected in the past because the the gasoline engines have lost so much horsepower, but the cars are losing downforce because the yeah. air's thinner, right? Yeah. Well, the car's going slower, so it wasn't a big deal. Well, with the new electric, yeah. the car makes the same amount of horsepower at the top, but now has a lot less downforce, and it's becoming like a new issue that yeah. they're like, we never thought about Yeah, this. aerodynamics played a bigger part in Pike's Peak this year yeah. than horsepower, so yeah. Although Damn. I'm kind of bummed that it's all paved now. It just... 
I think the very top parking lot is still, if you want to go do, <laughs> yeah. rip a couple flat track laps down there and then come back down. I think that's still. It was just cool because, like, we'll, we'll get there and there'll be an oval like on the top. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think people used to do them on XRs because you're pavement at the bottom and then you hit the, the gravel road and halfway up. Supermoto yeah, right. is popular and stuff on them. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I always remember them being kind of like flat track style bikes. Yeah. Because you needed, you had to be able to do both. So you put some hard compound flat track tires on it and go. Nice. And now it's like a road race bike with flat bars. It has to come with <laughs> <Yeah>. flat bars. <laughs> yeah. Or as I call them, super bike bars. I know that's not the correct technology terminology for today's super bikes. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm going to call you Stud Ups and I'm going to call Michelle Bent Rod or Rod Bender. So <laughs> Stud Up and Rod Bender, we want to get you guys on our show. Uh, it's coming when, whenever the riding season hits there in Wisconsin. I know that might not be a, a few more uh, months, but still, love to have you sure. guys back on and, and blab about what's what's happening. Yeah, I'll beat her up a little bit, try to slow her down. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll, we're going to cut you loose and let you get some Z's before you got to go in and, and start uh, doing important stuff like fabricating. <laughs> you might want to do that with a few Z's <laughs> under your belt. <laughs> I can disappear under a trailer and take a nap. There you go. That's how, that's how they do it in Wisconsin, folks. And eat your powdered milk biscuits. <laughs> All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, later. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was the venerable Chris Singsheim, uh, drag racer, fabricator, and uh, something innator, extraordinaire. It's getting late, Wigs, and it was raining earlier. I have a feeling it's going to be rained out. This whole week is going to be super, super, super wet. As a matter of fact, how did your race go on Saturday? It was rained out. Oh, so it went just about like my women's motor show went on Saturday. Did you go? Not go. No, and it, I thought it was going to be rained out because it rained all dang day. I guess that's true. The whole back where they have all the bikes is pretty open. Yeah, and so I thought it would be rained out. And so you know what I did on Saturday, A, in the morning, at bright and early around 6 o'clock, well, 7 o'clock, I guess, uh, I went and set up soccer fields because I'm a referee, an assistant referee has to uh, set up soccer fields. So I went out there in the rain while it was uh, pouring and set up dang soccer fields. And since it's all-stars, they don't cancel it. You know, Pasadena, they see a cloud in the sky. They're like, oh, let's call this game. But since it's all-stars, they're like, we're going to play unless there's like dogs and I cats. I mean, if it's soccer, you're supposed to play in the rain. Uh, that's what the that's what the all-stars wants. Uh, you know, this is... And I, before all the naysayers say, if it's motorcycle racing, you should race in the rain. Not on flat tracks. Yeah. That shit doesn't work. Yeah. Even, motocross barely yeah i was gonna say even motocross gets muddy when it rains uh but, but it's not that like flat track tires on on wet yeah it doesn't work oh, they probably load up right no well it's usually depending on the track clay gets like super super slick yeah um oh yeah for sure but you just like the bike falls over you have no traction on yeah the other end in high school i mean, used to make pottery out of that stuff and it's like a goop you know yeah motocross i've seen it get so muddy and ruddy before in the rain that they had to basically call it because like, yeah. they couldn't get grip anymore but soccer yeah they play and uh so i was out there standing in rain up until i don't know it rained until like one in the afternoon and i ref the morning games my kid played in the afternoon game so i was just out there in the rain the whole time standing around and since it rained in the morning th- there was stuff i had to get done and had to do and meeting so I had to get to, and they got postponed until the evening at six o'clock, which is when the mo- women's motor show started. So I had to run around and do some meetings and stuff, and I didn't get done until after six. And 
And uh, I almost called you up to see if you wanted to go to the women's motor show, but by the time I got home, it was kind of later. And I was like, dude. And I was for sure it would get rained out because it was raining all day. And like you said, it's uncovered back there. So yeah. looking at some of their pictures, um, it was just wet back there. People were just jamming in the yeah, wet. Yeah. So, but so I totally missed that. And then it's been raining ever since. Sunday was the only dry day so far this week. It's been raining. And it's forecast to rain all the way until Friday, which is when this comes out, yeah? Yeah. So when this comes out, it'll be dry, and you guys will be looking at the weather wondering why we're being such babies and stuff. But look back at the week before that. I mean, it's it's coming down. I was yeah. afraid you weren't even going to be able to make it over here tonight, so I'm glad you did. You know, the biggest problem I have when it rains on the freeway is people can't, like, they oh, think. Oh, God, they drive oh my God, 20 miles an hour. It's raining. It's the end of the world. I'm yeah. like, California roads, I will give them this. California roads, the day, the first day it rains, when it rains real light, they're slick as shit because there's oil all over them because we have a ton of traffic, and um, the the water and oil obviously don't yeah. mix. Today's day three, it's been raining heavy. Unless you have a real light car, which I do with shitty tires, which mine are pretty decent, it, it's going to hydroplane. Is it? That's not. Like just drive on it like it's a normal road, but you know what I noticed, and I, and I was thinking about this the other day too. On the two ten and on parts of the fifteen, you know how they used to say like the oil comes up after the first rain because it like lifts it out. I was thinking about when I was a kid, the dark stripe down the middle of the freeway used to be real dark, but nowadays you barely hardly even see it. And it's, I wonder if it's because cars are better. I think cars are better. I mean, you got to pass smog and everything yeah. too, so that's definitely like plays in. Because um, the roads I look wonder, a lot cleaner than when I was a kid. I wonder too if the blacktop is darker. Because wasn't it more? Wasn't really concrete back in the day, but it wasn't as like asphalty. Which yeah. honestly, a lot of our freeways are concrete. Yeah, because concrete is has more traction, but it what it doesn't flex as much. Or something. well, when it gets hot, it doesn't melt like well, asphalt. It's, so does. it's a lot more, and it's a lot more expensive to lay down than asphalt. But and like it, in the Midwest, they don't like doing it because if there's a small crack, ice will. Uh, break any of yeah, it. yeah. It's a, it's harder because asphalt. Obviously, when it gets hot, it'll start melting to the yeah. It'll do that too. to the road. It'll conform to any anything well, that's under the ground. If it's hot and the sun's on it, you know, and it like your car stops, your car will literally sink in. Oh yeah, yeah. So and that's why you get those like crazy waves and stuff too yeah. from the semis. Is yep asphalt. I was just gonna hot. say the semi lane. You go to some old parts of town and there's dang like wagon tracks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the concrete, I think they do it because of its um, sturdiness. But yeah, for I, it seems like it's a lot cleaner to me. And I wondered if that still holds true that the oil. I'm sure it does. I mean, there's still oil in the streets. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, it's still. You can see it when it first rains, like the yeah. rainbowy on top. There's of the enough accidents that up. people's oil spills <laughs> out all the time anyway, or at least coolant. Yeah. So yeah, I'm and sure the traffic here is so heavy too. Like, you know, you're gonna get some of that. It's always interesting too. Um, being this is a motorcycle podcast to bring it back to relevant when you see a motorcyclist riding down the center of the rain. Yeah. That's not the best place to be. Yeah. Because especially as you pull up to a stop sign or a stoplight, like if a car is stationary and it's dripping oil, that's where that's it's going to drip gonna the be. most. Yeah. So you roll up to a stoplight and hit the brakes when you're in the middle and hit some little oil. Down you go. You're, yeah. It's never and good. when I split lanes in the dry, when I share, <clears throat> when I share lanes in the dry, I a lot of times will ride on the paint 
this you know the carpool lane how there's like the yeah, double yeah. yellows all right on the paint it's i don't it's not like slippery but when it's wet oh it's, oh, it's slippery. slippery yeah i would not ride on there yeah. in the wet they've gotten better a lot of it has a grit in it now uh, yeah that center black lane for sure is like it, gritty yeah it's still slippery yeah i still don't like paint a lot of people have went down on painted lines. yeah i stay off it when it's wet just because if it's uh, kind of squiggly in the I've dry got a lot of nears yeah like, <laughs> Like hit one and go sliding and then, no, hold on, hold on, I got it, I got it. Flat track across the road. I actually saw a dude on a hog today, uh, I think it was a Sportster 48 riding when it was coming down. Like this is like 3 o'clock mid-torrential downpour. There was a time when all I had was a shitty pickup I didn't like driving and I used to ride in the rain. Yeah. I like uh, actually to this day, or did I bring them home? I like up until not very long ago, I kept spare pair of boots at work. Yeah. Like at my old job, I had a pair of boxers, a pair of socks, and a pair of boots. Nice. And we had, we had uniforms, actually, so I was going to put on dry clothes, but I was like, I need to put on the dry essentials, too. Yeah. When I was a kid, my favorite time of year was wintertime, just because mud, we would fling mud with the rear end of, uh, like I say, mm-hmm. my neighbor had that Honda 110, and we were little kids, you know, so we were just like, and we'd roost, and like all of us would shred around on little uh, three-wheelers and stuff, and... He got he had a couple mini bikes like eighties or something, and he would take those things and we his we lived at the bottom of a hill and all the dirt would come off the mountain and hit the hit his driveway and we would come down his driveway and just lock the rear brakes and sl- just lay those things down and slide through the mud puddle as far or not the mud puddle but the like slippery slimy mud as far yeah. as we could like that was our thing is like when it rained we loved to go riding yeah. and tearing stuff up it was the best so i don't know what's changed over you know the last two and a half centuries since i've been alive am i that old am i 250 years old but anyway man it's been a hell of a week i got a lot of how how long have I been saying this? Uh, we got like emails and stuff. We need to cover one before we go at least. Yeah, but I've got all one. these headlines that I've been collecting for the past two and a half weeks since uh, 2019, uh, right before 2019 hit that we'll get to. But right now, you got a you got a we little do. email. We have an Ask Wigs. The subject is Ask Wigs email number 31, but I don't think I've made it to 31. Unless, wait, is that Corey's race number is 31? I thought he ran 13. Maybe it is 31. No, he's tricking your mind. I know. It's messing with me. Um, <laughs> so he just says, hey, creative writing motorcycle podcast, longtime listener, first time caller, emailer. So uh, this is – Corey's actually a, a Patreon, Corey. And he's actually um, – Corey and I like grew up together and then got motorcycle, like rode bicycles together, got motorcycles same time. Like I through like middle school – Maybe, yeah, mostly like middle school into high school. I probably ate dinner at his house more than I ate at my house. So, um, but he said his question is for me, actually. He says, um, if you could try your hand at another type of, also good question. And um, other people should type, write in some questions. But anyway, he says, if you can try your type at another, or your hand at another type of racing, um, that's not something you've already done in the past um, or what you're doing currently, like flat track, speedway, supermoto. Um, what would it be and why um, and what's keeping you from doing it? I think what I would love to do um, is probably like road racing just because like I remember like that was – I don't know. When I was like younger, like those were the bikes that got me hooked. Like I think – 
you know, as a young kid, like the full frame, I remember seeing like the CBR 900 and then as I got old enough and like had a license and stuff, but like seeing the full fairing sport bikes was just like, they were just pure sex appeal. Like they were just, I mean, they still are. They're just like supercars that are affordable. And if you're into motorcycles, they're just, you know, they're, they are, you know, what the power to weight and the, the handling and the, you know, the, the quality and everything, it's just on par with, with cars that are <laughs> not, you know, even something I would ever dream of. Right. And then, you know, watching like Nikki Hayden and Colin Edwards and watching these like sport bike races. Um, and then, you know, MotoGP, like to me, that was always something that was like, wow, you know, like I want to do that. Like I want to drag my knee and I want to like, you know, do these corners. And, um, I think the only thing like keeping me from it now, it's, it's really financially and it's actually, it being so expensive is what got me into supermoto where I was like, wait a minute, I can buy a dirt bike. I can put slicks on it. I can go to these little cart tracks. I can drag a knee. I can learn how to back it into a corner. Um, and I can really have a good time, but on a bike that I have like five grand in and if I crash it, it doesn't really hurt it. Um, and then, you know, I learn that tires last a season instead of two days. <laughs> that, <laughs> and, that's a uh, big one. Yeah. And you could, you could crash the bike. I mean, you had to really crash a supermoto pretty hard to like actually hurt anything. I mean, I got to the point, you know, when I was doing it all the time where I was low siding pretty well once a practice day, um, trying not to on race day, but you know, like trying to push it and trying to learn and trying to get on the throttle a little sooner and, you know, I, I was sliding in and out of corners on it and I I'd never even had to replace the handlebars. Like you just pick it up, kick it over, start it and, and go again. Um, so, but really, was that your, a CRF? <clears throat> I had a CRF, CRF 450. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, really other than that, I can't think of a lot of racing that I haven't done. Like I haven't actually done a motocross race or any kind of like dirt bike race. Um, but I have ridden you know, dirt bikes and stuff too, a little bit that it was weird because I see now like so many people I ride with, like they were into motocross, right. And they rode so much motocross. I was just never like that. That wasn't what fascinated me for some reason. It was the road racing side of it. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the reason I never really did was the money to get into it. Um, you know, it's a, even the track days I do, like it's pricey yeah. and I'm, I'm not racing and, and to go road racing, depending what level and what you're trying to do, but you're going to go buy a pretty new bike and then you're going to pretty well strip it down. <laughs> Probably, you know, you don't really need to touch the motor, but you're doing suspension work and, and brakes and body work and all this stuff and safety wire and the whole thing. Um, to go race it a season or two until it's outdated and doing it all over (laughs) again. And then you basically like, even if you have a clean title, you have to either convert it all back if you didn't tear it up. So it's just, it's something that like for a lot of those reasons, I never really got into, um, the flat track like was actually kind of accidental. Um, and I do enjoy flat track and I love doing it, but a lot of the reason I do it's because I'm good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I've been on the track with some pretty fast, um, road race guys and damn, those guys are so much faster than I was like unbelievable. It's funny because there's so much, there's a lot of technique that goes into flat track for sure. Mm -hmm. 
and it's different than a lot of other disciplines. But for road racing, there's so much to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Like if you're fast on a, you can, I, I feel like you can get fast on a flat track if you put a few seasons in, but I yeah. feel like it takes a long time to get fat, like race craft, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time on the road, mm-hmm. especially cause they're so expensive and yeah, you know, and it's crazy to learn different tracks too. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you know, for flat track in general, there's there's a lot of people that have only ridden one or two tracks in their life because they never travel. I'm fortunate with the hooligan stuff where I'm able to travel and I've gotten to ride a lot of different tracks. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's like if you go to a track surface that you're not that good at, it's not really the end of the world. But like every road race course is different. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have different lines, you have different radiuses, you have decreasing radiuses, and and different banking and different weird slick spots and like yeah. every track has these little quirks. And then heaven forbid you got to like race it backwards on one day or something. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you go counterclockwise. Um, so yeah, I mean to me road racing was just always that. But it's funny how you kind of say that where it's like flat track is something that – and I agree with you that like if you put in a little bit of time, like you can get pretty decent at it. Um, and road racing, it's like you got to put in a lot of time. But the crazy part is a lot of really good road racers are going back and doing more flat track because it's improving their flat track. But, you know, I think when they get to that level, what, what makes, what separates good from really good with flat track is kind of finesse, you know, and I don't know, I've watching Carver last year at Sacramento and then riding it the next day. I, I really shouldn't compare what I do to what the pros do. Um, you know, I've I've been on half miles. I was it was about two and a half seconds a lap, which is actually quite a bit on a half mile at Paris between Carver and Mises qualifying time and my qualifying time on my hooligan bike. But I'm also like I'm on this shitbox twenty year old <laughs> sportster making seventy horse weighing four hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, Carver was on an XR. They weighed their, I think the weight limit's 330 or something. Um, so it was like a hundred pounds more, maybe a hundred pounds less making another 30 or 40 horse with good suspension and everything set up and someone that knows what they're doing. And it was two seconds, two and a half seconds. But when I watched him ride a mile and then I got on a mile, I was like, Oh, another level. Yeah. (laughs) But which is crazy, you know? Like, yeah. And who wants to go into a turn at like 100 miles an hour? Like, Dude, they're going in. <laughs> yeah, they're going in more than that. And then the crazy part was once he scrubbed off a little speed, he was spun up and the bike was sideways coming out of the corner on yeah. a mi- with both feet up on a mile. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't even, I didn't even want my bike to break loose on that track. I was like, I, oh, no thanks. I marvel over the pictures of guys coming totally crossed up and you're like, dude, on a, on a street bike, that's a high side waiting to happen. Hell, yeah. on a dirt drag, that's a high side, but they just, the, yeah. the momentum yeah. and, and knowledge that just getting yeah. used to that coming through the corners. And it is crazy. Like I, I was never good at sliding a bike. Um, Supermoto, I had only been able to do it accidentally. Um, it was funny. Corey commented on the email, but when I rode fifties with him, I was like trying to back it into a corner because now I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. You know, I'm comfortable with the brake and on pavements harder for sure. But I was able to do it on a supermoto on accident, uh, a little bit practicing and definitely more like racing when you're not thinking about it. You're just like letting 
the natural takeover. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it happens, it feels weird too because yeah. you're not used to it, right? But a lot of times, like when you're in the zone, I would have it like a couple times was a, diff- a couple different tracks, but like a double apex. So you'd come out of one corner, I'd barely lift the bike up, and then I'd like go to set it back down, and I'd feel it break loose, and it was just like my knee was already down and stuff and it wasn't like hanging out, but it was still like, okay, like, I don't know. I was racing. So it was just like, it just kind of happened and I just went on with it, but I would try to practice it on days too. And it, it wouldn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, Oh, why can't I do this? Yeah. It's one of those things that you can't quite make happen until you're, uh, it took me a long time on the hooligan bike to figure out how to use a brake and still be able to steer it with the rear wheel sliding. Yeah. A lot of it, by the way, is pushing the bars the direction you want yeah. the bike to go. Don't try to steer it. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's Speedway a, is just a totally different animal altogether. Yeah. I just listened to the m- most recent episode of Front End Chatter. I forget what number it is, but uh, I think it's like 80-something, 80 82 maybe. And they were talking about that. And it's a really good they, – they've gone back and they're redoing these like uh, retro race reviews on these old races. And uh, so they're going back to like the – 80s and 90s and looking at the some I they they say the name of the channel where you can subscribe to them but you can mm-hmm. buy these old races for like 5 bucks a race and they're doing like retro race reviews oh, and cool. th- those guys are in depth they're talking about the times compared to nowadays times and how amazing it is that like the racing was like way more exciting even though it was like 7 seconds slower we well, think the riders were more I don't even know if the riders were more evenly matched or the equipment was more evenly matched or what but you know, to me, a lot of road racing in general has become kind of a Marquez show. Um, and I'm not a Marquez hater, and I know a lot of people are. The kid can flat out ride. Yeah, and I think he he's put, one of the best riders. He like, puts in the effort. Last 20 years. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, my, me being a little older than him, Rossi is and probably will always be the best rider of – my era. Yeah. Um, even though, I don't know, I still kind of consider like as far as a spectator, that's still my era, but Marquez is just like the younger guy and it was like, oh, whatever, Rossi, Rossi, Rossi. And Rossi's rad. You yeah, know? I was trying I, to I think, mean, who did Rossi race with when he first came in? He was, with, I mean, who was going out? Like Kevin Schwantz was just quitting racing when Rossi was coming in, right? I so I mean, so. Maybe Freddie Spencer? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think Freddie Spencer. I mean, you got to think, when he was first, I mean, he was the last guy to win a 500 like championship. Biaggi. Yeah, definitely Biaggi. Because um, he won on the two strokes the last year, which I think was 99 or 2000, and then he won on the four strokes. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's crazy too. It's funny because we see these photos of GP guys like backing it in and sliding the bike around. And it was like, oh man, that's so cool that they do that. Dude, watch Freddie. There, I so many pictures of Freddie Spencer with two black lines coming off the bike. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see the that's front it. end just tuck, two back line. And this you know, front end chatter talks about that, how, mm-hmm. uh, how ephemeral the races used to be because they didn't have all these rider aids helping them. And they were. I think they were talking about Schwantz was just like black or it was either Schwantz or Lawson was just black tire smoke. The, oh, yeah. They said the tires were totally yeah. knackered by the end of the race. And so through the whole corner, there's just black well, smoke the, and the tires. Yeah. Oh. Nothing was as good, but <laughs> yeah. then they were on, honestly, like 
the two strokes might not make the power they do today, but they were brutal. Mm-hmm. They were just a light switch. And the tires were made for them at the time because yeah. when the tire technology switched, the bikes switched, right? I mean, yeah. or, or vice versa. And it's like you couldn't ride those on today's tires, I don't think. Too much grip or something like that that I, today's tires have. Maybe. You needed that traction. You needed that You almost to needed them to slide, or yeah. Else they would high side all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so co- and you know it's hard to compare riders and bikes and and all that. You know, to me, that's one thing that I definitely respect about Rossi is I feel like you can put him on anything and it would be fast on it. And then you know, I was like, oh man, it'd be cool if they got rid of all that and Rossi'd start winning again. Marquez still kicks ass on a flat track bike. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, again, the kid can ride and he you know he puts in the time and he does it and it's. So I don't know. I mean, there's definitely like that side of it, but yeah. they've been putting all those stats out too. And he's like, for his age, he's like one of the, he's on par to be like the most winningest rider. If he continues, especially yeah. if he continues to Rossi's age, he's like yeah. a little bit more than half Rossi's age. So I mean, if he stays on until he's like 40 some odd years, it's imagine. crazy. Have you ever seen the photo of him at one of the races getting a Nikki Hayden autograph and a photo of Nikki Hayden? And he's like seven. Marquez, yeah. Oh no, so maybe he's like twelve years old or something. But because I mean, he was and he was probably real close to being pro already at that age. Yeah, because then he went like he's went up through the ranks. But I saw, um, I don't know who wrote the article. Um, I read a little bit of it today, and I don't remember who I saw it from. But it was about the fact that there's zero American road racers right now, and why is it, and what can we do. And a lot of it to me is racetracks are disappearing. Um, I'm surprised they're coming back to Laguna Seca because they're always complaining about – well, GP isn't, but World Superbike is. And they always complain about how old that place is and how how outdated the facility is and how bad the track is compared to some of the newer, you know, more refurbished ones overseas. I don't know. Like I feel like it's got a good flow though. It's an awesome track, and there's so and much history there. And then I look at there. like Texas, and I'm like, is it that good? Like it's just, it's new though, is what it it's, is. Yeah, so what? It's got new pavement. I, I mean, I get it. Like that's definitely makes a big difference, but but I mean, you're going into you're using bathrooms that were built back in the 40s and 50s, and you're using racers don't give a shit about that. Oh, they, that's apparent. I mean, if you're going to attract like a yeah MotoGP crowd, they probably do. Some of them, especially sure. in 2020, 2022, 2025, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And I know it's, it's be gotta good. be hard for that track to make money with all the noise stuff. That's the that thing. Too. That's what, for sure. That's like the whole thing about it. Yeah. They want their Wi-Fi and their powdered uh, toilet seats or whatever. Millennials and Texas has want. all those painted lines everywhere that yeah. looks all fancy yeah. and cool little tower. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, and you know, honestly, I've, <clears throat> I, kind of joke i think about the only kind of motorcycle i haven't ridden is a trials bike um yeah i've never ridden a trials bike either yeah i've sat on them and my friend had one but i never like really got out and rode it and i've never done any ad like real adv stuff yeah after Um, last episode i really think we i I have a plan for us this year (laughs) i mean the cool the cool part is i can do a little bit of adv on on trusty the way it is yeah. and i can throw some i have a different set of wheels i can throw on it and do more the suspension's not that great for no. it but i did some gnarly stuff on spamla a couple of years ago with street tires i was surprised yeah. i had to hike a bike a couple times with full throttle as i'm pushing it uphill and it's peeling oh, yeah. out in the sand but that so, was a pretty steep hill <laughs> 
Yeah. So, and as far as racing, like let's I, I don't do, let's do this. But um, so Eight, I hope I hope that answers your question. Episode one sixty eighty V camping. I mean, I've even raced a CRF fifty as an adult. Yeah. So you know, there's that. That's a fetish in some countries. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next question for Junkie is, uh, what would you pick for me to try? What would I pick for you to try? Um, ADV moto camping with your BFF Junkie yeah. Turdman. <laughs> and this year. <laughs> mm, that could be fun. <laughs> yeah. First, that, first, I have to become, first I have to become his BFF. And you're going to see that develop over the next few episodes. It's my, it's my plan for the show. <laughs> but yeah, no, ADV... And I think a, a cool little we could do a cool little camping trip on the bikes. That would be yeah. fun. I had one planned last year, but I didn't get the permits for it. The shitty part is I can't uh I don't really have a way to attach much to my bike, so it's whatever I can fit in my pack. Dude. Hey And I don't want a huge pack. Go watch the on two wheels where they do the ADV adventure rally on um uh scooters. Like they can't fit very much yeah. on their scooters. Yeah. And also Ari Henning, they did a camping one where he took his van van and uh, Zach Quartz had like the uh, multi-strata toy. <laughs> it's possible. Um, and Corey did, he wanted to make a point at the end that he smoked me on a CRF 50 in a parking lot. That's true. Yeah, he's right about that. I got to give it to him too. Um, Corey does pretty good at the 50 stuff. And if anyone's in the eastern Tennessee um, – Deals Gap, Mary's Ridge, Paul Blart's Corner. Yeah, in that area. Um, the 50 stuff's kind of cool. They do it out at Deals Gap in the parking lot. If you've got a little 50, it could be something fun to try out. But I will say those dudes are no joke. I've always been able to hop on a motorcycle and be fast. And uh, I kept up with some people. But um, those dudes are fast. Yeah. Those dudes are fast. The only motorcycle when I first hopped on it, I wasn't fast at all. Was a speedway bike. Yeah. And if you've ever ridden one, you, you probably know understand why. It's backwards. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it was fun. It, it's it. Corey's like, I don't know, almost six inches taller than the guy he tries to beat all the time. <laughs> Does he look like just a gigantic string bean on this? He's thing? not. Oh yeah, on that bike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I looked huge on it. Corey's an I think two inches taller than me, maybe three. Yeah. He's like six one, six two. Um, and but the guy that is three of me, man. <laughs> the guy that like um, wins a lot is like he's like your size. Yeah, he's like got to be like five eight. six, five six. Um, weighing like a hundred taller than me, one hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> and Corey's like Corey's pretty skinny, yeah. but he's just so tall. Eighteen feet tall, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but all, everyone on those fifties looks like a monkey on a football. Yeah, but my goal is to get down to about eighty-three pounds, so I'm really quick on a fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. So uh, I hope that answers your question. And to anyone out there, um, yeah, shoot us some emails. I I think it's kind of fun. Um, and there's some podcasts I listen to, and one of my favorite segments on one of them is where people. Um, write in emails and they have another section and I haven't figured out what to call it for us yet um, but it's basically like a complaint like if they have a complaint mm. and then we can kind of like joke about the complaint and uh, yeah. so for if now you just com- send that to us yeah. too if you want to complain go look at our reviews in iTunes Yeah, um, we're not saying you complain about us we're saying like yeah. since it's a motorcycle podcast it would be like something that irritates you about the motorcycle community yeah 
So check us out uh, on the motorcycle community. Um, you can also find us at uh, find Wiggins at Field Initiative Knives and Wig09 on Instagram. Find us at the uh, Creative Writing Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, email askwigs, W-I-G-G-Z, uh, at gmail.com or creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 740-563-2858. Or a better way to avoid all the uh, phone-sounding conversation would just be to record a memo on your phone and email it to one of those emails, askwigs at gmail.com or creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. And find us on the web, creative-writing.com. you have any cool uh, significant sign-offs that you'd like to impart to our fellow listeners, fellow motorcycle riders, and two-wheel enthusiasts, and patrons, I might add. I think I got Oh, Wiggins, you'll never learn. All right, everybody, this is the end of the show. First and foremost, I'd like to thank all the patrons who give their support to bring you this show. Uh, it's paid for by patrons, and uh, thank you so much. If you are going to be in Portland, Oregon, February 9th, 2019, go to the Flying 15 Clubhouse at, at around noon. They're going to have the number two show there. You, you you can all go to the hipster number one show if you want and check out the bikes doing the quote tour. But if you want to check out the number two, <laughs> it's going to be big brown and full of clowns. They're focused on local home built creative and interesting motorcycles, not the ones that do the hipster tour. Also, if you're in L.A. with us here, January 20th, East Side Third Sunday Ride. That's coming up this Sunday. They're going to go uh, Angeles Crest Highway, Big Tahunga to Angeles Forest Highway. Whoops, I almost fell down. January 20th, 9 a.m. Uh, you know, it's about time the rain let up and it's going to be uh, no rain on Sunday. So let's do this. Also, Sunday, February 24th, uh, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, three, uh, 4537 Huntington Drive South This is Huntington Drive Right before you drop into LA proper And cross like the tracks And the, the reservoir The Cretans are having a vintage motorcycle swap meet Where they're going to have a bunch of old race parts And uh, pretty cool vintage stuff So that's going to be awesome March 22nd St. Paul, Minnesota Is going to be the War of the Twins Indoor flat track racing So check that out And if you were lucky enough And you did make the women's moto show please let us know send us your pictures that happened this last weekend it was very rainy did not go uh if you're going to be in uh, at the one moto show in oregon that's february 8th 9th and 10th uh the 8th and 9th it goes from 8 to midnight 9 to midnight respectively and then on the 10th it's 9 a.m to 3 p.m you, you can stay but you uh, you can't stay there and then also the og moto show that's coming here to uh, LA. That is LA's version of the One Moto Show and the uh, hand-built show and all that crap. So get to that. And then also mark your calendar. And, and actually, before I get into the OG Moto Show details, the registration is open right now. Um, so we'll bring you the actual event is March 23rd. Also, our buddies at Atlantis Motor Garage celebrating their new grand opening in South El Monte, California. They're going to be hosting what is called the Vintage Japanese Motor Union, and it's going to be open. Get those bikes and cars fixed and cleaned and bring them out Sunday, February 10th, 2019, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Atlantis Motor Garage will be hosting our new location's grand opening with a barbecue, and uh, they're going to do this whole cool thing. So get down there, check it out. 
Um, and also, there's one last thing, the California Republic San Andreas 300. It's a dual sport and adventure ride going from San Andreas, uh, well, P-O-Z-O, to Bollinger Canyon and back. I don't know what P-O-Z-O, but uh, I'm not an ADB dude. But you know what? This is the year me and Wegs are going to go to ADB camping. We might as well do this ADB ride in a scenic and remote part of California. If you want to learn more, go to CaliDualSport.com and uh, check out their stuff that's happening there. And what else? I got one more thing here. And let me make sure this hasn't passed. All right. It is tomorrow. The motorcycle flat track indoor races at Harrington, Delaware Fairgrounds. It's the coolest race of the year, which I dispute that. Uh, January 19th and February 2nd, uh, 18500 South DuPont Highway in Harrington, Delaware. So if you want to check out some more, uh, some races, go in there. They're indoor because, you know, it's hella cold right now. All right, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Ride fast or ride slow. Uh, Do it in the rain. Do it like a trombonist in more... No, I, don't, I was going to make a terrible trombone joke there, but uh, I won't. I'll save you the indignity. And last of all, if you need your lawn mode, just ask this dude that's doing it right outside the uh, the old studio here. So that's always a plus. Have some actual engine noise to help wrap up the show. All right, dudes, this is our uh, 2019 in the books. This is the year end. This is the last show of 2019. All right. Enough foolishness aside, have a great weekend. Bye!